Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week we have a podcast and I wasn't there. <laughs> it, was a, it was a first and it felt really odd. But it's yeah. a really good interview. It's about Authors AI, which is mm, this AI yes. tool for authors to use to help them improve their writing. Mm-hmm. And um, so it has, uh, we talked to Alessandra Torre and JD Laska, and we really delve into, you know, how it can help authors, who should use it, and mm-hmm. kind of the future of AI for authors and publishing and um, whether or not they should be scared of it, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> what happens to I'm assuming they shouldn't be scared of <laughs> right. it. Yeah. yeah. I think in this case, it's all good, but yeah. um, I'm certain there, there are certain things that are a little yeah. um, scary when you think about the possibilities, but yes. in this case, this is a good uh, software. It's a good tool. To use. Yeah. You've used it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I liked it. I've run mm-hmm. several books through there. I talk about in the podcast how I've used it to compare uh, different stories to each other mm-hmm. and it gives you a real visual representation, which I like because I'm a very visual. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I like to put things out where I can see them kind of mind map them and this helps mm-hmm. me do that. So that's great. So it's good. Now I should say that I had the opportunity to invest in authors AI when it was starting up. So I jumped at the chance to do that. And, um, right now I'm using it just as a user and, um, my thoughts in this podcast are what it's like to use it as an author and how it's helped me. Um, and then the other thing I need to say is that um, Alessandra and JD provided a coupon code for our listeners for the podcast. So if you go to Authors AI, the you can get 15% off with our coupon code. And Alessandra said, what coupon code do you want to use? And I, should, I said, let's use the initials of the podcast, W-I-T-K. And so it was only after the interview was over that I realized I don't know the acronym of our podcast, apparently, because that is not it. Um, it's actually W-I-K-T, but the code to get 15% off is W-I-T-K-15. So that will be in the show notes, and sorry for any confusion that caused. Yeah. So, so what's been going on with you? Um, this week, I'm... My book is off to the editor, so I'm taking this time. I'm so happy. (laughs) So happy. I know. So I'm taking this time to do all the things that are on my list that, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of stack up. And Mm -hmm. it's a bunch of like admin stuff. And um, I have another podcast that I've been, it's been fallow for like years. And I Mm -hmm. have an idea of a way to reboot it and Mm -hmm. do it in seasons instead of Mm -hmm. a weekly podcast. So I'm going to on that. And, um, oh, I was also going to say that I found out today that the audiobook that I released, the book came out um, August 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audiobook just came out on Audible. So I think for me, they're running about four weeks behind. So okay. that may help people who are yeah, trying to time things. Mm-hmm. Um, no guarantees, though. It's kind of no. just a 
then you just put it up and cross your fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I um, have been, I've just started looking at the audiobook production of Homecoming King. Um, I'm going to, the other four books I have are with LMBPN Publishing, which I've been very happy with them and they're, they're awesome. But I wanted to do these books by myself. And um, so I'm looking, I'm looking at using a production company though. I don't think I'm going to coordinate it all by myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. It'll cost me a little bit more money, but I actually think that it will one, improve the quality and two, you know, that's time that I'm not having to put into that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting. So we can Mm -hmm. kind of find out through you what that's like, because I've, I've done ACX, Mm -hmm. you know, direct through them and I've done find a way. So then if you try this, that'll be like a third option people could try. Yeah. And then maybe we can get whoever I use on the podcast and stuff. I actually reached out to an, um, a narrator that I really like. Um, she's, she, I just listened to a book that she narrated. It was just so fabulous. But I've also listened to other books, but this one in particular was so, so good. Mm-hmm. And she just did such a great job. And so I've reached out to her. I haven't heard back from her. Um, but even if I don't, I can go through one of these production companies and they can reach out to her. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I think narrator is so important. And I didn't it's realize super that. important, especially in romance. Yeah. Yeah. And now that the narrators have their own followings, mm-hmm. if you can find a narrator who you love and also narrates other books mm-hmm. in your genre, that can give you a huge, huge boost with audio. Yeah. So yeah, I it's kind true. of stumbled into that. I didn't, plan that that was just something that I learned along the way and I'm so happy so yeah yeah your narrator for your olive books uh your your mystery books are Mm -hmm. she's fantastic yeah she's so great if y'all haven't listened to Sarah's um high society high society I couldn't remember the uh uh, series name but yeah (laughs) but they're so good um but yeah and you know, the thing about a narrator and, and with me and my books, I've got to have somebody that can do a Texas accent and not sound like a caricature. And yeah, it's really tricky. It's tricky because the funny thing is I think the narrator on the other books is a little over the top, but people who aren't from Texas just love it. They think that's how we all sound. And I'm like, well, okay. I may sound like that, but other people really don't. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's tricky. It's a that's little funny. Other than that, that's all I've been doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, since we're talking about um, audiobooks, uh, mm-hmm. this week, Find A Way Voices released this beta version of uh, retail links. And now you can go oh. in and they have a list of where, everywhere where your book is for sale. And that's so nice because you don't have to go track it down yourself. Yeah. So that that's is very nice. cool. Yeah. 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 That is really great. And just, this isn't about audiobooks, but I did notice today we got an email from David Gogren, if you're on his email list and it's about launching books. And I think our book launch podcast, podcast yeah. is one of our top podcasts. And so mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are interested in that and mm-hmm. I haven't read the whole thing. I started it, but it's, fairly long um but it's great great information it's Mm -hmm. really handy to have so y'all might check that out yeah i'll put a link to that in the show notes Mm -hmm. all right well i guess we should change gears and talk about ai yeah let's do it okay all right today we're really happy to have jd lassica and alessandra torre with us hello everybody 
Hi there. How are you doing, Sarah? Good. So we were going to get started today. We're going to talk a little bit about Authors AI. But first, before we do that, um, let's get to know you guys a little bit better. And just tell us a little bit about how you got into writing and the genres you write in. And um, J.D., why don't you start us off? Well, sure. My background is actually in journalism. I was a newspaper editor in Sacramento at the Sacramento Bee for um, about 10 years. And uh, I've, been a, I've been a writer all my life, but I started out in nonfiction, uh, actually. So, um, But eventually I got into startup land. I'm a creature of, uh, I live here in uh, greater Silicon Valley, so I'm a creature of the tech world, so I had to write uh, high-tech thrillers. Uh, so um, yeah. bi Biohack, you know, is about the perils uh, posed by a, an evil biotech company. Uh, Catch and Kill is uh, about a tropical island turned into a virtual reality theme park where things go terribly wrong. So, so if it weren't for the startup I'm working with uh, with with uh, Alessandra on, I, I probably would have had books three and four in this <laughs> Shadow Operative series out by now. Uh, but um, it's just a world of difference between nonfiction and fiction, and I just love uh, making up uh, new worlds and new realities. So, uh, lots more high tech. Uh, thrillers to come. That's great. What about you, Alessandra? I write romance and suspense. I started um, in self-publishing almost eight years ago. And well, it has been eight years. Wow. I, I just had my anniversary. Um, so eight years ago. And um, my books are mostly romance, but also suspense. And my background was um, in really business and banking and just really boring stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't until um, 2012 when um, my husband sold his company and suddenly I was kind of, I didn't have a job and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And that was when um, it was kind of a whim, like, Oh, this summer, like I'll write a book, you know? And, um, and then that book, thank goodness, um, really exploded and, and, gave me the confidence to write another book. And now 22 books later, <laughs> you know, here we are. That is awesome. And I should say you're our first repeat guest. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I should get a plaque or something. I'll yeah. have one. Later. Yeah. Or maybe a coffee mug. We'll send you a mug or something. Mega star power. That's right. Well, so let's talk a little bit about Authors AI and um, tell us how it came about and what it does for authors. So JD, do you want to start us off? Oh, sure. So there's, yeah, there's a bit of a backstory here. So, you know, as you know, being an author is a fairly solitary venture, right? So as a, uh, as an indie author in particular, you know, the writing and editing and marketing, it's all on you. And in looking at over the book space, I was hoping to team up with some other authors on a collaborative venture so we could make like a big mark in the marketplace. And we hit on the idea of a tech startup created by and for authors. Nothing else like this has come around before. So it started from a place where we felt like we had to have our voices heard in, in a lands landscape where a couple of Goliaths were now controlling everything. And it kind of evolved into a service to help authors write better books, uh, plus give them a, a platform to sell their books and interact with the pub uh, reading public online. And we'll talk more about that side of the business in, in a few minutes. But let's stick with talking about this incredible idea that uh, we can harness the power of artificial intelligence to improve our manuscripts. 
so our third founder is Matt Jockers, the co-author of The Bestseller Code, and one of the world's leading experts in using AI and machine learning to dissect what goes into creating a bestseller. Uh, so that's uh, how we're directly helping authors. So Alessandra, do you want to explain what Marlowe is all about? Yeah, so um, that was kind of how it came about. And then Marlowe is our uh, personification of the AI. So she, um, it's, that's what we call our AI and how it, um, and how she works is she takes a novel in the manuscript. It could be a first draft. It could be a polished final draft. Doesn't matter. Um, but she takes it in and she reads it and then she delivers um, her feedback and her feedback covers everything from character development to the plot and the pacing of the book to your adverbs and adjective usage, or if you're using uh, too many cliches or she points out all the cliches in your writing and rep repetitive words, if you have like a, a little crutch that you lean on. So what's really cool is, you know, there AI has been around, right? Like, and, and we've had digital editors. I did a side-by-side -side comparison of several a few years ago. So you have something like Grammarly, but um, where that focus is just like on individual sentences, Marlowe can actually read a novel and understand it. I mean, she can understand where the high and low points are um, and where the reader is going to get bored in your story or where they're going to be turning the pages really fast. And she can actually plot out your plot arc on, on a graph. And that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's something groundbreaking in the industry. And it really made waves when um, JD's working on an article right now talking about different shapes of stories. Um, and that's what's really cool about Marlowe and um, and she's a developmental editor kind of um, packaged into AI form at a much cheaper rate. We're, we're not trying to replace di digital editors. I mean, um, actual editors, you can't replace a human giving you feedback on your story. But for those that can't afford, you know, um, a developmental editor or that need a, just a quick look at your manuscript in between edits or before you send it to an editor, she's um, she's the girl for you. Yeah. I, so I should say I've been involved kind of as this got going and it's been interesting to see how things have changed with it. And I've run a couple of books through Marlowe and it is interesting now that I have several of my own books and I can look at the different reports and it really is interesting how it only takes a few minutes, really. You put it in, you get an email, you open it up and it's got the little chart of here's your your plot, how it goes, and then it has the beats. Here's your story beats, and you can see if they're too far apart, too close together. So it's really interesting. So, but I do want to come back and touch on. Um, you mentioned that it's, we're, it's not trying to replace uh, a human editor, and around AI, there is a lot of fear about you know what it might do, what it might become. So, um, what what are your thoughts on that? Is this something that authors should be afraid of or should they be excited about it? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, it was interesting. You know, we have an editor on our team, um, Jason Kirk, who's um, really fantastic. He recently did a live event with us on Facebook. And uh, when we first showed it to him, he was like, you know, I'm a little afraid that you're going <laughs> to take my job from me, you know, like, but, um, but he quickly, you know, changed horses to like, how can I use this with my clients? Um, and because it, you know, it's one thing to type out like, oh, your story's lagging in the beginning, you know, can we 
pick it up. And it also helps if you have like proof of it and a breakdown of it. So a lot of editors and um, we've begun reaching out to editors. Um, this is a great product that can help um, complement their current editorial feedback. But the other thing is people go, oh, well, are all the books going to be the same if edit, if Marlo's teaching you how to write a bestseller? Like is every book? And, and the thing is, she might tell you that your book is sagging right in the middle or, you know, takes too long or it's just all high pacing and no, you know, the reader isn't getting a break the entire time during the book. But she's not giving you, she's not doing what an editor might do, which is hey, maybe Jennifer, could, <laughs> you know, she doesn't need to go straight to the bank. She could get a flat tire on the way. And, right. you know, the editor can actually work with you with an idea. Marlo isn't going to give you a plot twist idea. You know, <laughs> you, have to, you have to figure that out or yeah. you have to work with an editor who can help you figure right. that out. Um, she's yeah. going to point out that you might need a plot twist. You might need an emotional right. turn at this yeah. point. but. But the specifics are not included, and that's up to the author and whatever their imagination, wherever it takes them. Yeah, and I, I would also add that we one of the motivations of bringing in Matt for this was that we all felt like uh, the AI wave is coming. It's washing over every young industry out there, and there is a danger of uh, it being misused in certain ways, right? So, um, you know, like, for example, if you're listening to Joanna Penn's podcast, like every other episode is all about AI now, <laughs> uh, and she's talking about, like, the dangers of AI, of uh, training an AI to actually write a book for you in the style of Dan Brown or J.K. Rowling or that sort of thing. So we, early on, we put a stake in the ground and said, no, we're not going to allow our AI to do anything like that. It's uh, to actually help authors advance their writing careers, not to substitute uh, first the hard work that goes into writing a novel. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important because a lot of times we just need – we're very close to our own stories and seeing it, seeing the graph and the chart. And the cool thing about it is it doesn't take very long. So it might take a human editor a couple of days to read something like you do a revision and you send it off and that's time that you're waiting. So if you have an idea and say, well, maybe this will work, you could run it through, change it, run it through again and see what the results are. So I think there's a lot of advantages to using it who is the ideal author to use authors ai what stage of their career honestly i mean it sounds crazy for me to say all authors <laughs> but um we have a lot of new authors and you just mentioned that you know it could take days for an editor to read um i work with a lot of new authors and they it can take months for them to get on an editorial calendar especially mm -hmm. of a you know um in-demand editor. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of new authors. Um, you write your first book. You have no idea what to do with it. You have no idea if it's good or bad. Your grandmother told you it was amazing, you know, <laughs> and your 15-year-old kid says it's horrible. So, um, you know, what do you do? So Marla, like you said, she's quick and she's unbiased and she's friendly. It's not you know, there's a little, there's a lot of nervousness to sending your manuscript off, especially if you're new. And if you were like me, where I, I had no idea if it was great or horrible, and I didn't want anyone to read it that I knew, um, you can send it off and, you know, and there's no danger, right? There's no fear of judgment. It's a, it's computer, anonymous. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, she's unbiased. She likes all genres. Um, yeah. so, uh, so she, she's great for newbie authors. She's also really great for, um, 
experienced and advanced authors, because we uh, oftentimes have a thicker skin and we can really look at our books analytically. Um, So Penny Reed, who's, um, if you've ever read Penny Reed, she's a fantastic author, super smart in her writing. Uh, I think her tagline is like, smart writing or, or something like that. Smart but, um, romance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, smart romance, something yeah. like that. And she just dug into Marlowe reports with a bigger because it was because she loves data and mm-hmm. it really allowed her to just instantly have actionable feedback. Um, and so uh, some authors are wary, you know, they, they don't want, um, but I always say, give it a try and see, because even if you only, you know, some people really love the character section and other people really love the plot section. Um, so whether it's your first time book or whether it's your 15th or your 30th, um, she really has a lot to offer any, any level of writer. Only if you're mid-draft, um, she really needs enough of a manuscript to read. So yeah. if you only have a paragraph or a page, you know, that's not enough for her to read. Um, she does best with 20,000 words or more. Though so we've tested her on like 12,000 word novellas mm-hmm. and she does okay. I mean, she yeah. does fine. But, um, but really when she starts to shine is when your manuscript is over 20,000 words. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much can you mark your data? Like you don't want anyone else to see it or can you let people have a look? Yeah, I think I understand what you're asking. Um, So the reports are completely confidential. Um, We don't see any of the the individual reports. They're delivered directly to the um, author's inbox and they're uh, main, original manuscript is destroyed unless they agreed um, to have Marla learn from it. And even when she learns from it, it's just a bunch of data points, you know, yeah. like it's nothing, I, I can't go in and read your manuscript, <laughs> you know, um, it's been converted into tech talk for, for Marlo. Um, so we don't see, um, we don't see cumulative data yet. Is that something that we could ask? Um, Matt and the tech team for probably yeah I'm sure I'm sure we could Um, it's not something we've examined but what we commonly see her point out or what we normally see in the feedback and and working with authors on the different revisions is that normally the what she points out the most that people take note of is the pacing Mm -hmm. and the plot arc section so you mentioned Mm -hmm. beats and mm-hmm. um, when you look at a Marlowe report, one of the most valuable charts you see is really where it paces out where your actionable moments happen. Um, we call them story beats. Um, mm-hmm. So in a perfect novel, they'd be spaced like 10% out of each other. Every 10%, something um, big is happening in the story that's changing it in some way. So that is where most um, most of the actionable, like that's where authors typically hone in. Um, it also, her, her, uh, information center is built on bestsellers. So with each area, there's, um, your results on your book and then what typical bestsellers are. So in the dialogue section, it might say your book is 55% dialogue. Um, typically bestsellers are 25 to 35% dialogue. So it gives you a comparison point and then gives you some actionable tips to how you can get your book closer to that. I'm not sure I answered your question. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, I think you did good because it's, um, I think people will be curious about, is their data secure? Is somebody else going to read my manuscript? And, you know, we're all 
or I never want anyone to read my book before it's ready yeah. to go. <laughs> so, so that will make people feel better about that. And so the other thing we were curious about is um, what's been the early rea- reaction or feedback from authors? Um, J- JD, what, if, what are you hearing back from authors as they use this? Sure. Um, well, let's, let's step uh, back and uh, point out a couple of things. First, uh, that there are two different tiers of the service, right? There's Marlowe Basic and Marlowe Pro. Um, so we have a lot of authors using both. So the basic service or product um, is uh, sort of like Grammarly on steroids, right? It, it tells you a lot of things around sentence statistics and readability scores and if you're overusing certain adjectives or adverbs or using too much of the um, passive voice or you have a lot of misspellings, they'll point out all of those things. Uh, And that's all free, 100% free. So uh, we're getting a lot of people signing up for our freemium product, basically. And then we have a lot of people who are stepping up uh, to get the the really good stuff. So, uh, Sarah, if you remember, like, when you were starting out writing, uh, or at least I... When I was starting out in, in fiction, it was like a completely new world. You had to read like mm-hmm. 20 books just to figure out what the hell I ought to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, this takes a lot of that pain out of the process. It'll, it'll like focus you on the things that you ought to be thinking about, uh, you know, the mix of narrative and um, dialogue or your characters, character traits or uh, the pacing or the narrative beats like we were talking about. Um, so a lot of the early um, people who are aspiring authors, like Alessandra said, are finding it value, valuable just, I never even thought about that, or I, I really love it for that this reason or that reason. So we're getting a lot of like organic testimonials from uh, authors uh, sending us emails or little mash notes, basically, <laughs> saying they, they were in love with Marlowe. Um, and so it was really interesting to see, see uh, the kind of reactions. And you're, you're right, Alessandra, there are a lot of kind of skeptical veteran authors, like, you know, um, one, one um, romance author told us, you know, I sell, I sell $7 million worth of books, you know, why would I even bother with this? So, uh, it's not for everybody. It's not, you know, if you're selling $7 million a year, uh, God bless you. Um, but um, for almost anybody else, even if you're a veteran author, there are like James Persone is selling, you know, well into the six figures. And he just used Marlowe on a new uh, military sci-fi series that he's, he's running. And he says, I've been, you know, I've been putting through like, seven, eight uh, times as I'm <laughs> finishing up the draft of my manuscript and I'm running through Marlowe and it's telling me, oh yeah, I got to move these chapters around. So, um, you know, Marlowe doesn't judge you, right? That's not going to come back and say, stick to your day job, right? Uh, it's going to just point out things you ought to think about, uh, you know, when you're re- doing, during the rewriting process. Yeah. Well, that's great. And for me, the most interesting thing has been seeing several of my books, the reports on several of my books and comparing those and just seeing how it outputs the difference. And, you know, I do write mysteries, but they, each series is a little bit different. So it will help me figure out if I'm hitting the right notes for each one. So I think that's really cool. So um, what other changes do you see coming um, for um, Authors AI and AI in general? We have a lot of excitement (laughs) coming ahead for Authors AI. So Authors AI is actually an umbrella kind of 
company corporation. Um, so we have Authors AI, which is um, you know we which is Marlo who um, we sell. Um, and give for free. The basic report is free AI reports to authors, right? So in addition to those, we also work with editors and publishers. So we're working on developing a lot of different products. And in the AI front, if you order a Marlowe report today, um, it's going to look different than a Marlowe report that you're going to get, you know, two months from now. So we're working on a lot of exciting things to add to the report. Um, The common thing that we hear from authors all the time, or, you know, oh, I want to see what book my book is like you know they want they want to be able to compare their books side by side with another you know huge novel so we're working on that we're working on genre specific comparisons so all of that is really just right around the corner for us with Marlowe and authors ai but then also we're looking at um helping authors create great books, but also helping readers find great books. And that's where the other side of our company and our AI is um, focused, which is Binge Books. And Binge Books is a book discovery site that we'll be launching um, very soon. I'm, I don't know the exact date people are going to be listening to this, but if you visit bingebooks.com, um, you'll be able to see it. And it's just, it's going to be a great place where readers can find great books, interact with authors um, and other readers, review books, create book lists. There's just a ton of really cool things there and great books. So it um, that is right ahead for us. And um, we're really excited for that and for the ability to start using that AI to not only help authors write great books, but readers to find those books. Yeah, I think that's like the holy grail is the using books, book data to mm-hmm. find books instead of the keywords and metadata. The, yeah, the metadata, if you can actually use the books. I mean, like as you said, JD, Joanna Penn has been talking about this for years that, you know, why do we have to do keywords and metadata? when the book itself should tell us. So this is, is pretty exciting. So, so JD, you're in the, uh, I, w- uh, I would add, can I add one thing about that? Yeah. So, uh, the, so the Marlow reports, uh, like Allison said, keep evolving. And I think one of the reasons Matt Jockers came aboard this company and put all of his intellectual property years of research into authors, AI is he liked the idea of getting access to some really uh, successful authors. So, <laughs> so we've got a hundred uh, more than 120 best selling authors on the team, you know, mm-hmm. and this is what took us like almost a year to get <laughs> everybody up into, you know, sign stock option agreements and all that jazz, right? So everybody's sort of locked in now uh, to help us uh, get visibility for this uh, new, uh, really uh, amazing new startup. And uh, they've helped us shape Marlowe over the last several months, right? So when Matt started out and we ran like my first book, first of all, I couldn't believe that I could submit a book um, online and get it back in like 15 minutes with like a 25 page uh, uh, full color report is like you know there must be some magic tricks behind this <laughs> or some humans involved but no it's it's all automated so when we started out it was actually a lot slimmer than that it was like five or six pages and then we kept on adding oh have you thought about a cliche find, finder have you thought about uh, repetitive phrases or uh, or other elements that we're all thinking about as we go through our our 
our manuscripts or our, our beta readers give us feedback. Uh, so uh, dialogue versus narrative, that wasn't in the original uh, version of Marlowe. So we've been improving it steadily. There'll probably be more things we haven't even thought of yet. Uh, we're always looking for authors uh, to give us other ideas to, to add to this. And then after, uh, you know, we all get our manuscripts in shape and we're happy with them. And, uh, you know, we start selling them on um, Amazon or other platforms. Uh, we kind of feel like, um, you know, that shouldn't be the end of the process, that there must be an easier way to interact with our readers, to find new fans uh, to our author brand. So, yeah, so we built up uh, this idea of binge books, which is a combination of Goodreads and BookBub and Netflix all rolled into one. So there are a lot of little fun little uh, multimedia elements a la Netflix. Uh, uh, and, but we didn't want to just have like a, another book promotion site like a BookBub because, you know, that everybody wants to just uh, get uh, subscribers, right? but it's really hard to do that in this day and age. Mm -hmm. So we're building in all these kind of elements like a reader dashboard, for example, to help people create lists of their favorite uh, books in a particular genre or all time or something like that. So that's what Alessandro and I are doing like late into the night, every <laughs> single night we're working with our developer overseas to get all this stuff done. And we're pretty excited about it. even version 1.0 is going to be pretty cool when it rolls out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because I, I use Goodreads. I've done Alessandra's tutorial on Goodreads and I do the giveaways and there's a lot of good stuff going on at Goodreads, but I don't like the interface. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to binge books and being able to see what that's like and use it. I think it'll be really cool. There's a lot of lot of authors like you who just don't like Goodreads for a lot of reasons. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you seem to earn your chops on Goodreads <laughs> if you give a lot of people one-star ratings, and I don't really get that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. So since you're in Silicon Valley, J.D., any other thoughts on where author, or not authors AI, but where AI in general is going in the next couple of years related to writing or authors? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, yeah, you know, there a lot of the tech entrepreneurs out here are not out to benefit society with their <laughs> AI uh, improvements necessarily. Um, and so we have to sort of keep a, a, a close eye on making sure that it doesn't like put out half of uh, America from work, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah. in, the, in the fiction world um, in particular, you know, there are just all these, it, it's funny, we get on these weekly calls with Matt Jockers and his uh, uh, data team, basically, and they start talking, I call it like uh, twin language, because they speak <laughs> they speak with each other, and they use this kind of language, I have no idea what they're talking about, um, and so we ask them to like talk to us and, and use sock puppets, so we can, you know, Alexander and I can actually <laughs> like understand what's going on. captioning or something. Yes, we need something like that. Um, so it's really interesting, um, they've got all these ideas, we're I don't know if I should say this, but we're working on like a reader dashboard that actually uh, means you can actually go online. So you wouldn't actually get the reports through a PDF that's sent to you uh, through the email. It'll be more secure. Um, what I've, I'm really excited about is the idea of uh, author comps, like Alessandra said. So mm -hmm. as a thriller author, I want to be able to see... Uh, 
to be able to actually see the AI report for Dan Brown's latest novel or Mm -hmm. uh, compare it to some of the things Stephen King does, right? So Mm -hmm. when you compare what Marlowe tells you about your own uh, book, you know, you don't really want to look at that in a vacuum. So um, AI is really good at uh, massive sets of data. So Alessandro and I are going, uh, we're working with like this scanning company now. (laughs) You know, check this out. You're not allowed to take an EPUB and just scan it and put it into your database and just use it for fair use for for the data itself without even quoting like a single word from the book. That's against the law. <laughs> so because it's got some kind of encrypted wrapper in it, right? So mm-hmm. we actually have to take, we have to go to Amazon or other sources, order the paperback or hardback copy, send them to this OCR company that does optical character recognition scanning they tear the book apart they destroy it uh, but in the process they scan it turn it into a pdf or a word document send it back to us we have to check it to make sure they didn't mess up anything (laughs) and then put it into the database so we can get all these uh, thousands of bestsellers into the system so that if you're a fantasy author or a mystery author or a thriller author, you'll be able to actually see uh, more relevant um, genre-specific recommendations. So that's that's the holy grail of what we're working <laughs> on. We're, we're hoping that happens by next year. Yeah. So and it's all based on other books, other books that are selling well. So that's really good. Yeah. Well, um, so we talked a little bit about binge books. Um, anything else y'all want to mention about that or? I know authors, when they listen to this, they're going to be like, wow, how can I get on there or get my books on there? Yeah, I should just mention that we just decided like a month ago um, to open this up to any author. So any author in the world can come on to Binge Books uh, when we're uh, thrown open the doors. And we have to really kick out all the last uh, bugs uh, over the, le- the next couple of months. But pretty soon, you know, this fall, you'll be able to come in, hang your author shingle, have a have an author page, have all of your books one by one. You can upload them onto the site and uh, start selling them at whatever retailers they're, they're um, available in. So uh, we want this to be like a democratic uh, author's platform. So it's not just bestsellers. It's also... Um, aspiring authors, all the good stuff, the future bestsellers out there as well. Mm-hmm. Alessandra, what would you add? No, I think, I think that was, um, yeah, it, it might at launch, it, there might not be the um, opportunity for right. um, outside authors to come in only because um, we have to set up an upload system for all books and things like that. But, um, but there'll definitely be a form you can fill out. And as soon as we have the capability to up, you know, to bring in and onboard yeah. um, more authors, we will. We want it to be a place where, unlike Goodreads, where authors are really resistant to go or there's this, you know, kind of friction between authors and readers. We want this to be a place where um, readers can communicate with authors freely and, you know, in a friendly and happy environment. <laughs> Um, Sounds we, great. <laughs> yeah. And we, because we have um, our founding authors and because we have such a great audience of authors already, um, we want to do a lot of really fun stuff with the readers. So, yeah. Um, so we're really excited. Yeah, yeah. About binge books, about Authors AI and, and about yeah. being here today. So thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, it's been great. So thank you for telling us all about it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing binge books and 
trying it out. So um, tell us more about where we can find Authors AI and Binge Books. Absolutely. So if you're interested in trying out Marlowe, as JD mentioned, we have our basic plans, and which are free, and our pro plan, which is really the Mac Daddy um, AI <laughs> report. And those are both at authors.ai, so www.authors.ai. And we do have a coupon code specific for your listeners. So um, anyone listening, you can use the coupon code WITK15, and that'll save you 15% on either a standalone report or um, if you want to do a monthly plan, that'll save you. Um, And then visit bingebooks.com. Okay, perfect. Well, that is great. So I'm sure lots of people take advantage of that to try it out. So that'll be great. Well, thank you both for coming. And we will keep an eye on things and may have you back later sometime to give us an update because I think things change fast. And you both, the com- both companies seem very interested in feedback and interested yeah. in hearing from authors and improving and wanting to do things differently. So Yeah, well, you know, we're of buying for authors. So, um, you know, yeah. we're not uh, techies so much as just authors who know a few things, <laughs> yeah. how to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having us and keep writing those bestsellers, Sarah. All right. Yeah. Sounds great. Y'all too. All right. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.